0: Hi there, MMBC family, it's good to be with you today uh, with the video that we do each week. Uh, it comes out on Wednesdays, but we do this to talk about the sermon uh, from the week before on Sunday, and we're in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter one, verse seven through 10. This was the third sermon, I think, in Ephesians as we're going through it together, uh, verse by verse. And uh, I've enjoyed being in Ephesians so far. I uh, hope that you'll stay with us and get through all of <coughs> Ephesians with us together. Uh, but we're looking at this first section of Ephesians, really starting in verse 3, going to verse 14, which is referred to as Paul's hymn or his prayer even. Sometimes it's a pretty long section in the original language. It's one sentence, all of this, but there's a lot of truth packed in there. There's a lot of stuff to pull out and to talk about. And so today, like I said, we were this week we we're focusing on verses 7, verses seven through 10. Uh, but before that, one of the things I tried to talk about, maybe you guys can add to this or take away or say how I could have done better addressing it, is some people after last week's sermon came and had really good questions right that the that the passage brought up. So we talked about, you know, what things that could be difficult. Um, election being the main one that people usually were asking about, you know, if this, you know, if this is true then what about this and what about this? All honestly good questions. I think good questions to talk about um, and so maybe one thing is, how would you guys encourage people to um, address the questions that maybe they have? Not, not, not even specifically about election or whatever, but just maybe in general. They come across stuff in Scripture, and they're like, well, man, it's saying this about God, but I always maybe kind of thought this way. Now I'm seeing this in here. Are there any uh, tips or helpful things that you would suggest uh, for people Trying to seek out answers because we we do know there's probably a lot of bad places to go that mm-hmm. you, we would say whoa whoa don't don't go there right you know um, any helpful things from you guys uh, to answer those questions that they might have I know I'm kind of putting you on the yeah. on the spot
1: uh, I mean <clears throat> this might sound cliche uh, but I think honestly a lot of people don't do it or think about it call us and ask us yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean we're your pastors we're here to serve you like that mm-hmm. to teach you God's Word to lead you in its instruction and mm-hmm. it's wisdom and and so that's when it like people might not know this they think they're probably bothering us when they call us with a question or when they come by the church and they knock on mm-hmm. our door to ask a question about something but that man we we live and breathe for that mm-hmm. you know like we're here we love it when we get to sit down with our people and open up God's word right. and explain it to them. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have a question, come and ask. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. no, that's good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, number one, like be faithful to your church services, that's and good. right? Lean on uh, church members, lean on us as your pastor. It, you don't need to be scared, I think, of questions. <clears throat> You're right, They're, it's it's a good thing. Maybe how your attitude is in the question could be a problem sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but when you have real legitimate questions where you're trying to search out saying, I, I know this about God, but I'm, I'm seeing this here. And how can this be true if this is true? And how do I reconcile these things? Those are worthy things. And mm-hmm. one of the thankful things of the uh, Reformation is, you know, it's not like I'm the only one with the Bible here at the church right and you guys come to hear it because this is the only one we could afford as the whole church you know we don't have that anymore you can buy a bible at Ollie's for a dollar (laughs) right you know right and read it and right yeah and that's a and so that's a good thing Mm -hmm. um and so I encourage people and I think you guys would as well to press press into those questions and like Scott said yeah come to us um like if you have a Sunday school teacher, go to your Sunday school teacher, right? Go to mm-hmm. go to people you trust within within the church here, um, and let them love you in a way that walk to walk through passages. And who knows, you might find a lot more people had the same question, which would then be helpful to us if mm-hmm. we found out. Hey, there's I've asked forty people, and they all had the same question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, maybe we should address the address right, that question, right? Right, right. And, and talk about it, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be scared of it. Don't think you're sinning because you have this question because that's these questions. It's not it. You know, press into it. But one of the caveats I gave uh, this week in the message was to be careful of how you do approach God with your, with your attitude uh, in these questions. Because sometimes we go into it with these preconceived notions of who we think God should be. And although he's very clearly saying something to us in Scripture, this is who I am. So uh, a thing that I would think of that people don't like to think about is the Bible does talk about God's wrath, but we don't like that, right? We struggle with that because wrath and love don't go together in our terms today. And so someone would say, if God really is loving, how could he then have any wrath? Because to them, that's contradicting. And Mm -hmm. so that's where you get people saying, In the end, because God is loving, everyone's going to be in heaven. We don't have to worry about that. Just try to do good, you know, try Mm -hmm. to do good to others. In the end, I think there's a book, right? Love Wins. Mm -hmm. Published, I don't know, eight years, probably longer than that now. Yeah, it's been a while ago now. (laughs) Probably about a decade, actually, now. Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of where that comes from this preconceived notion of we define what love is Mm -hmm. when actually we have to let God's word. Uh, do that. And so we have to be real careful uh, with that because it's easy for all of us to push those things into God's narrative when actually God has given us his revealed word and we have to take God for for who he is and for who he has revealed himself to us as, which includes love, but it also includes wrath. It, it, it includes he's given us the law. We also see grace and mm-hmm. we see mercy. And we see these other things. And so how do we wrestle with these and how do we reconcile these? So Mm. I just, I just think that that needs to be said because when we push that stuff, our own preconceived notions, really what we're doing at the base root of it is we're saying to God, I need you to scoot over. You're sitting in my seat, right? I'm going to tell you who I am. And we can't do that because then we, we disobey the first and second commandment right off the bat. because We put ourselves on the throne and, uh, it's idol worship worshiping ourselves. So just just be be careful with that. And then I don't know if you guys have anything to say. I also mentioned uh, at the beginning, but I also did at the end, I read um, and this is fitting because in our passage this week we talk about the mystery has been revealed. right? And so we, we talk about how the mystery has been revealed. but we do have like Deuteronomy 29:29, 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, mm-hmm. that we may do all the words of this law. How do we handle the secret things? Because that, to me, that's like a cat scratching at my eyeballs. <laughs> like, I gotta know. I gotta, I gotta know. And I'm, maybe you guys have felt this way at times, but um, I kind of said my piece on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys maybe say to just those secret things that it's, it's okay to try to study them and get to know them, but God just hasn't given us clear, definite, revealed answers to whatever the question might be. How do you guys deal with that or how would you encourage people to handle those things?
2: Well, I think part of it is is that um I've, and I'm I think that uh, I've heard it said like that uh one of the problems is is that whenever we read verses like Deuteronomy 29:29, 29, 29, we think that that means I go as far as I can, and then I throw down the mystery card. Yeah, Yeah. or the page. Well, you know, it's like, okay, secret, done. Uh But actually, what it is, is, so that's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Rather, whenever I approach the text of Scripture anytime, at the very beginning of reading the text, I know uh, God is infinite and beyond my comprehension. I can never comprehend God. I can Mm -hmm. never fully grasp Him. Mm -hmm. I can only further explore what He's shown us and given us in the text of Scripture. But at the very beginning of coming to know Him, I'm dealing with a being who is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. Um, And so, I think whenever we start to, to begin with that as our Um, as our, our basic approach to scripture, that whenever we come to the Bible too, this is not simply about information. Right, yeah. But whenever you're speaking from the pulpit, whenever we're reading the text from the pulpit, or whenever I am reading the scriptures in my home, God is not simply giving me information, but his presence is there. And that should create within us and move us to realize I need to move with a, a joy, but also a trembling, as mm-hmm. I deal with these things. So I think it helps put us in the proper disposition to even start to think about God, because these are not little things for me to, to manipulate and to play around with and theological ideas that can be fun. That, that can be a way that we slip into a, yeah. a, a thing. But whenever we come to, t- to the text, we're coming to the burning bush if you're that's what's happening here the same god who spoke through the bush is the same god who's speaking from the pages of scripture mm-hmm. so approach it that way yeah and don't expect that you're the, that you're here to to master god you're mm-hmm. here to hear what god has to say to you mm-hmm. and say here I am.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. the
2: way the people in the Old Testament would reply. God would reveal Himself to them, and they would say, "Here I am."
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: and we just respond. so whenever we do these theological questions, we do it with a humility, with a reverence, mm-hmm. with prayer, yeah, um, and within the
1: community of God's people as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just think that... Yeah, I think what you said is really helpful because I mean, I could see it going two ways of. I pull out that card when I don't want to try to explain myself any further. Sure. Yeah. When I don't yeah. want to go any deeper uh-huh. into this. Or you could pull out that card and say, "Oh, well, I don't need to study anything. Mm-hmm. I don't need to try to learn anything." Mm-hmm. The two sides. I think the one place it is helpful t- to remember like that that verse in mm-hmm. as far as we are trying to study is except where scripture does say that like this knowledge is not for you to know. Yeah. Like for instance, Jesus said that it's not for us to know when he's going to come back. Mhm. We don't know. He didn't mean that, though, Paul Scott. Right? <laughs> no. There's a lot
2: of people that that have been able they to it, out. figure that yeah, out. Yeah, they
1: figured it out. Even Jesus said that's only the Father even, knows. Even that, I don't right? know that in my like human nature, but yeah, apparently yeah. those guys did. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's like where where Scripture itself says that this is a secret not for you to know. Right. Yeah? That's yeah. when right. Uh-huh. that's when we have to step yeah. back, and yeah. that same question, yeah. the same thing comes into play when you start asking, "Okay, God, I see that this is." election. I see that there. I see predestination Mm. here. Why? Why did you do that? Mm -hmm. Why? And you start asking Mm -hmm. the why questions Mm. of getting at God's reasoning. Eventually, you do end up to a point where we have to remember, Mm. I'm not due any kind Mm. of answer from God. Paul gets there in Romans, um, and we find other places when... (laughs) even Jesus' disciples are coming to him, asking him other questions. Yeah. Like, can I, can I sit at your right hand? Can I do this? Right. And Jesus says, it's not, I, I'm not, it's not within my right to grant that. You know, he says that's his father's right to do things mm. like that. And so there are places mm. in scripture where we see mm. when we are told things are not for us to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think what you are getting at is what's gonna be your response when you find that answer in scripture? Mm-hmm. Are you going to get mad about it? or are you going to try to go ahead and assert yourself right. in God's place and demand an answer? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. you know, good luck trying to demand mm-hmm. an answer from God.
0: Or people force an answer. I just think out of it, like yeah. you mentioned with like the end times things. They start forcing
2: mm.
0: forcing answers out that aren't there. It's mm. like in your, I, yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. Alistair Begg who he always says, you know, make the main things, the plain things and the plain things, the main right, things. Right. And yeah. we get lost in that, and it's yeah. not always even theological questions that are tough to deal with like we can name some you know like we are here that are worthy to wrestle with and try to figure out but sometimes we get lost in the Mm -hmm. the side stuff and people have these huge long theories of what it what it was like I mean you can take Noah and building the ark and I go to Noah with so many preconceived notions that recently when I was reading through it with my children I kind of finished the whole Noah thing and it was like there's a lot of stuff not there that in my head was there. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw Russell Crowe,
0: you know. <laughs> well, just, yeah, just different things, you know. Yeah, like beating off the people as they're trying to get into the ark, or, you know, they were, you know, he's going around preaching to them and they're all being all mean to him and stuff. And I was, I'm mm-hmm. reading it and it's just like, I don't see that. But we right. put that into there yeah. and we start to think that. And it's like, yeah. and I know that's not a big theological thing, but. It's just a little thing where we like insert our own right. little stuff into there uh, and our own feelings, and we just got to be careful. Right, be careful with that. Right, I think.
2: I think too. A co- you know, if you're just dealing with these questions, I mean, prayer. Um, uh, yeah, doing that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Also, read the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. I've heard a. Uh, I've heard it said it takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian, and um, so if what Paul's saying here or any any topic, chances are there's other scriptures that are dealing with that topic mm-hmm. in, in the Bible. I mean, elections all throughout the Old Testament. God said, yeah. Moses is preaching to Israel and saying, well, um, you know, you think about, like, why did God choose you to love you? And the one thing Moses makes clear to them is it's not because you're special. It's not because you're such a great jewel to have to him. It's just because he loves you and he made a covenant. Mm-hmm. And so you keep pressing that, well, why does he love me? Well, it's just because he loves you. Mm-hmm. Why does he love me? Well, because he loves me. Yeah. you and so I think just reading the whole scripture and being patient letting letting uh, if that's I can, hard though. if I can use uh, an analogy that's often used in the Bible in a negative way but in a positive way let the leaven work if you read the Bible and are patient it will work so we talked about that this week because I
0: referenced Romans eight at the yeah. end and how there's this groaning yeah right and Verse 25 of Romans 8, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience, mm-hmm. which we're just not too good with that. Right. I need the answer now pronto. Right. And it's funny because there's some people that I've come across, and I'm probably this way too, but you really want to know something about God, and it's a worthy endeavor. And mm-hmm. we look at people who have been studying it and mm-hmm. preaching it and teaching it for 40 years, 50 years. Mm like they're in their 70s, 80s, and they've been wrestling with this for a really long time. And we come flying in and we are like, I should know this right now. Or I have all the answers. I figured it out. I figured it out. And I'm telling everybody, this is it, right? And you you forget they've had this extended process Mm -hmm. that God has walked them through, the people in their life. And we have to understand that that's what God is doing to us as well, right? And it takes time and I know for me personally, there's been some theological things that have wrestled with for a long time. And I don't think I have everything put together. Like We continue to have conversations amongst ourselves or reading books and these things. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm still trying to grasp how all this goes together at times. I believe it and I trust trust God. But to sit here and think that I should know it all is kind of uh, prideful.
2: Yeah, well, and I think, too, if you read the Bible... And you see the interpretations that Jesus gives which are legitimate interpretations for instance Jesus proves the resurrection from a part of the bible that we would never think he would whenever God says I am the I am the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob my point is is the scripture has so much more to teach us Mm -hmm. even Mm in the con even not in simply in the express statements but in all of the implications of the text are also considered authoritative from the word of, the, of the, as the word of God, so you, I think if we ever think that we've arrived,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we're in trouble. Yeah, because if you think that you've got your system down, then you've reduced God to a system, and He's not a system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're here to prayerfully, reverently <clears throat> approach God and hear what He will say to us as His servants. Yeah.
0: I like how you just how you mentioned you know reading the whole Bible, reading it all, because today a common phrase you hear are red letter Christians. Mm-hmm. And these are supposedly the Christians, they only look at Jesus' words. And that has more authority than Paul's writings Mm -hmm. or Peter or John, Mm -hmm. you know, or these other ones. And we don't believe that about this book. Like, we have to make that very clear. We do not believe that. We believe that from Genesis to Revelation, it's the inspired word of Mm -hmm. God. And this is what we trust. And so you can't read Matthew without reading Isaiah, right? You Or all, what you could say any book, right? right? You, have to, you have to read it through. And now I do try to make a point. I don't know if you guys do this ever as teaching, when you're teaching, but like that week when we talked about election, I, I purposely went to Peter where he also talked about it. Tried to go to the gospels where Jesus is talking about it. Now Paul's talking about it. Try to go to the Old Testament where you'll see
2: mm-hmm.
0: that. And it's not because I think, Peter's words have more weight than Paul's or Jesus is more than Paul's. But just so you could see, look at, look, it's it's pretty much through this whole thing, whole, we find these. But, whole thing. And I think that's a wise thing to do as we teach and preach God's word, not just to pull the one section and just show that, but show
2: mm-hmm.
0: how throughout time God has been planning mm-hmm. this and you see it mm-hmm. in there. Did you guys do something similar or? No, I'm on my
2: own. Yeah, and I think the, one of the <laughs> principles of interpreting Scripture is that Scripture interprets itself, Scripture. Yeah, itself, yeah. It's self-interpreting. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: good. So we stayed on in the introduction for 20 minutes. Good job. Yeah. That was... <laughs> that's, that's,
2: that's why we're passing, man. <laughs> <laughs> we,
0: we did really good. There.
2: Really, what I want to get
0: to, because I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. You know, I studied this for a week, got, got the sermon notes down, and I'm a little different than most people. I'd never go back to my sermon. like, in, um, I try to get it done by Wednesday or Thursday, and I really don't look at it much more <clears throat> until either late Saturday night before I go to bed or Sunday. I don't sit there and maul over it, which I think a lot of people do. But when I came in on Sunday morning and was just reading the passage again, uh, what really, what really uh, dug at me was in verses uh, 7 and 8, where it said, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us, and it was this section of verse 8, in all wisdom and insight. And that just really left off the page for me uh, that morning, thinking about, you know, as leaders, as um, as husbands, as dads, whatever situation people find themselves in as employees, as employers. I think at times in our life, we find ourselves where we have to make decisions, whatever it might be. And so we use, hopefully, our wisdom and our knowledge to make good, educated decisions. You know, we're like, well, I think this would be best and this would be best. And so This would be bad. So you're trying to formulate it on your head. Maybe you're a chart person and you know you make your yays and your nays and trying Mm -hmm. to make a decision. And there's nothing wrong with that. We try to make a good, informed decision. And what I read here is that God, in all of his wisdom, in all of his insight, in all of this, what he decides to do, again, this is of his own doing, not of any of our doing, but what he decides to do in all of his wisdom and all of his insight is to... Give us redemption through the blood for the forgiveness of our sins to pour His richness of His grace out in our life. And that really is stunning to think about. Hmm. Because I hate using sports analogies because I think I get pegged as doing that too much. So I really try to never, very rarely do it. Yeah, But maybe I'm bad at that too. I don't know. But if, if the, whatever sport you're in that you enjoy if whoever you think is the greatest used all of their wisdom and all of their insight and said, I want you on my team, you would be like super excited about that. You know, you would think, wow, like he's the best or, or the best coach or the best GM. Like they chose, they chose me to be on their team Mm -hmm. looking at whatever they, they chose me Mm -hmm. and it would make us really excited or, or, you know, some boss chose me to do this, to do this job. Now where this analogy falls is, the boss would look at my, uh, my accomplishments. Resume. Would look at my skill, right? Would look at all these things and say, this is why I want you on my team. But that would make us excited. When we think about God, when God looks at us, he says, no skill, no, yeah. no
2: talent, right. no here's worth. Your, here's your resume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, <yeah>. No love. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, the smartest thing, the most wise thing you're part of my family. make you part of my family. Mm-hmm. It's just stunning to me. To I mean, think, just think if, about that. If you
1: think about it, I mean, if, if you, if you're going to call me out for, for blasphemy because you did it the other day. Yeah. If you put yourself doing. in the place of God. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> if you were to do, if you, let's say, if you, you would had, be a sinner. If you had the same problem <laughs> to fix, if you had a fallen people that you had to somehow redeem and bring back into fellowship with yourself, how would you do it? Well, it's like, we, we uh, the, any plan that we would think of would fail we well i think we it.
0: could see what we would do because sadly i think this is what a lot of churches do is they come up with their own strategy the pastor and the leaders look and say how can we get these people saved how can we get these people to love god well we're going to do this we're going to do sermon series that are applicable to them that we think are applicable it's going to talk about the movies or we're going to talk about current events or we're going to talk about these different things and this is going to bring them in and i sadly i mean i'm just being honest they to me them they put themselves in the seat of god and say we have a good strategy that's actually better than yours and this is how we're going to do it yeah and too. we have a lot of problems mm-hmm. <laughs> as a result we have a lot of confused people
1: yeah um yeah yeah but I mean, if you look at the the plan of redemption, the way that, I mean, what he's talking about mm-hmm. here of this entire plan of how from be- before time began, he has predestined these things to happen. He yeah. has elected us uh-huh. in that all leading to what he says in verse 10 as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. This is a mystery from before ages that is now being revealed, and it, ultimately, what it is doing is it is displaying God's wisdom, mm-hmm. God's insight, God's knowledge, and that's why the the proper response, like when you when you read things like this, is is honor and praise and worship to God. Stepping back mm-hmm. in awe at seeing, wow, you know, not to mm-hmm. not to make it too low, but. To, God is really smart. Like God actually knows what He's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, big surprise there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's that's Mm -hmm. what it does. Is it makes you step back and see, like, man, God, God has had a plan. He's not been surprised by anything. He's been working things according to the purpose of His will, Mm -hmm. and that just displays the Mm -hmm. immense amount of wisdom and insight that Mm -hmm. God has that only God has.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, it's just hard for me to think about it because even in a even in a church setting, you know, as we're trying to think about, you know, who should we put on the stewardship team or who should we put on these different teams? You know, who would be good at this? Who should we have cook at youth camp? You don't go to the person who has no cooking skill, right? You're trying to find the people who have the best skill at making stuff, who can organize things, who can use a budget, mm-hmm. right? Who can do all this stuff. That, those are the people that we choose. And I think we should. I mean, I, I, I think we should do that because God gives us skills and talents and different things. But God didn't do it that way. I mean, it wasn't about how how good of a speaker is he going to be. Because Moses would fight back with God and say, right. I can't even talk right. You, you're not choosing me, you know. And mm. and God's like, no, I've,
1: I've chose you to talk to Pharaoh. Right. Even though you stutter or whatever right. it is
0: that you... That
1: Moses did. Well, that he didn't. That's not even what he said. He said, "I'm choosing you." Who is it that makes a man seeing or yeah, blind, right. deaf? Yeah. It's like Moses. I made you like this. I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah. by the fact right. that you can't speak very well. I know full well I made you like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And yeah. so this I think wisdom and insight on display. <laughs> yeah. So there's this sense of
0: where, when we think about ourselves, I think in the right way, you almost could look at God and be like, "I don't have any idea why You chose me. I don't." I don't have anything to bring. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be a posture where we're unworthy. We see ourselves as very unworthy. But I think on the, on the opposite side of that, what comes along with that is when we understand it, it's, I shouldn't question God choosing me either. He did, and he's God, and I am not. And I'm thankful that he chose me. And so what does that then mean for me? Well, what we see in this section is it means that he's redeemed me. He bought me back with a price. And we talked a little bit uh, this week about the price that was paid. You know, when Jesus went on the cross, it wasn't some fluffy thing that God did just to say, okay, I'm going to overlook all your guys' sin. No, he dealt with my sin in Christ. And Jesus had to pay the price that I should have Mm -hmm. to pay, that I should have had to pay. So it it was a big deal. But I receive that gift of grace from God because of him choosing me. But then also, I'm bought back, but I'm also forgiven. I'm forgiven of my sin. And it's something I press on a lot, maybe because it's something I deal with, I see a lot of Christians dealing with, but how we hold on to our sin. And we allow that guilt and shame to actually rob us of joy, to rob us of doing things. I don't know, I think you guys have come across this before, but people like, hey, would you be willing to teach? You know, we see in you the ability to teach. I can't. I'm a sinner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am too. Yeah, so yeah. I think we all should. Quit. <laughs> you know, but it comes it, it's almost yeah. like you I think we were talking off camera but it's almost like this piousness that maybe they don't even mean, but it can come across that mm-hmm. way because it's like Yeah, but God chose you and God has saved you and God is God is using you and you mm-hmm. should be used by God with mm-hmm, this, you know, mm-hmm, and um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: because because yes, you're a sinner, but you've been forgiven of it, right? You've mm-hmm. been forgiven. This is one of the gifts that God gives us in Christ of redemption and then forgiveness of sin. Mm. And it says not not just like forgiven, but how He lavishes this grace according to the riches of His grace, which He lavishes upon us. That you know, just this idea of yeah. God lavishing His grace on you. It's not like it's not like he begrudgingly no. sees your sin and says, okay, I'm gonna give you just enough to get you right, in. Like, right. Like just enough, man.
2: Right.
0: No, right. like lavishly bestows upon you his grace. What a what a beautiful uh, yeah. thought.
2: That was honestly one of the things that really hit me from your sermon was whenever I just you know, especially that, that little phrase, according to the riches yeah. of his grace. Paul and then again, which he lavished upon us, Paul is showing us God is not stingy. No, Mm-mm. He's just dumping yeah. eternal weight of glory yeah. on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He chooses us, dies for us, sends His Son to die for us, buys us, sanctifies us, preserves us, brings us to heaven, adopts us as His children, gives us everything. I mean, that's one of the things I think that uh, so wonderful. To just meditate upon that phrase according to the riches the riches mm-hmm. of his grace yeah god's just and that 's why you you start meditating upon these things, and you realize that 's what Paul says there's an eternal weight of glory waiting for us mm-hmm. and God has got tons and tons and tons of blessing mm-hmm. upon us, but the reality is is the way we the way that that comes to us is going to be. Uh, in two phases, right? I mean, that's so. When we say those things, people will start thinking, "Well, then, if I'm not living uh, prosperously here, if I'm struggling here, then that means I'm I'm not being blessed by God." And we would say, "No, um, actually, that's the way God treats His children. They 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 learn obedience through suffering, just like Jesus did." Mm-hmm. And so we look towards the resurrection. Mm-hmm. It should just make us so grateful to have a God like this. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not like the gods of the other nations yeah. of the pagan religions, but we do have a God who does bless us with things
0: here. Yeah, you know, we we don't live like the monks, right? Who go? I mean, some people choose to do that, but and they do it for some right. extra special thing. But yep. it's not there, right? God, yeah. We have clothes, we have yes. homes, we have yes. family, we have friends, we have. Right. He, he continues to bless us with these things right. that are, I mean, really extra. These extra yes. blessing things yes. that we shouldn't uh, push aside, because right. those are good gifts from God as well. But it, yeah. it could
2: come where those are gone. Yeah, Lewis, I think C.S. Lewis has a cool phrase where he says something basically like, if you live for this life, you won't get the next one or this one. But if you live looking to the next world, God throws this one in as well. Yeah, Not that you're going to live your best life ever, right. but you're right. He's going to take care of you. He's going to clothe you. He's going to He does teach us to pray to him as his children, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive us of our sins, take care of us. And he mm-hmm. said, I'll do that. Yeah. I remember one time in my
0: life I can think of when the when the word lavish was used, my mind went to this one time in my life. We were in the Philippines and we were there on a mission trip and we were using basketball as a means to try to share the gospel or get people connected to this church. And you'd have to know the Philippines to understand, I guess, all of the dynamics. But every church has basketball. Every town has basketball. I mean, it's just a huge deal there. And so even government leaders have basketball teams Mm. that they host. And through us playing, we played with the mayor's son. Well, over there, you need to know their politics as well. You can get shot for being the mayor. You can get Mm. killed if you're going against different things. And so uh, one day me and I believe it was my brother-in-law, went and we got grabbed by the, some of the mayor's men and we're told, you're coming to the mayor's house. And it was a really scary ordeal. But when we got there, he lavished on us things. Mm. We were there playing basketball, which was a big deal. We were American, which was a, a big deal. And we happened to find his favor for some reason. Mm. And he, made a, he had made for us this meal that was really astounding. Mm. I mean, there were shrimp, like huge it was the craziest it was the craziest meal but he was trying to lavish on us his well-being when around us were so many poor people you know Mm -hmm. he was he was trying to pour this it was his way of pumping himself up puffing himself up but also i think just showing Mm. us some kindness right honestly and the whole team eventually got invited and we all ate this huge lavish meal that the That's mayor cool. provided for us. And it made you feel special, you know, mm-hmm. it made you feel worth something, you know. And we took pictures with him and we ended up leaving and I never will see him again. I, mm-hmm. I don't think in my my life, but my, my mind went to that and mm-hmm. thinking I'm a food guy. So it was really interesting to me yeah. to eat these things I've never ate and enjoy this stuff. Um, but thinking of how God lavishes upon mm-hmm. us his grace and his kindness and even one day, when he unites all things together, we're told we will eat a meal together. Yeah. And God will lavish on us then mm-hmm. as well, right? And yeah. In glory with him. Yeah. And, um, we have a God who really loves us and cares about us. And you know, we, we want to push against prosperity gospel stuff, and, and I think rightfully mm-hmm. so, but sometimes too much so that we forget he actually really does care about us and he gives us right. good thing. And he has these promises in heaven that are good, Mm-hmm. and lavishly bestowed mm-hmm. upon us, mm-hmm. you know, which is really an amazing thing mm-hmm. uh, to think of. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for that with God. So anyways, that's just something that comes to my, <laughs> came to my mind that's in reading cool.
1: this passage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like when you, when you experience something like that and you have like a grand feast set in front of yeah. you and then you, you partake of it and you leave, what do you leave thinking? you leave thinking about the generosity and the yeah. kindness and the greatness of the one that hosted you. Mm-hmm. And that's, th- that's part of the point, the riches of his mercy. I mean, God... Which to be is- honest,
0: going to the mayor's house, there was fear of mm-hmm. harm being done because we didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. There were guns all over the place. yeah. And we've been told, you know, don't go with these people. And the next thing I know, I'm going with these people somewhere mm-hmm. out of sure. my own accord. And when I thought maybe judgment was coming... No, I actually received hmm. yeah. this awesome meal. Right. Yeah. Kind of
1: was a good picture. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. the same analogy yeah. boils down to like even very simple things, like not things, you know, with those kinds of things in it. But like even today, like somebody that you work with brings you in a gift <laughs> mm-hmm. or something, or they do something very kind for you, or yeah. they, they mm-hmm. offer to buy lunch for you. You leave thinking from that whole situation, man, that, they're just a great person. They're nice. I mean, scale that up, you know, infinitely to what God has done for us Mm -hmm. in purchasing us, purchasing us with the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. Man, what a good guy! Yeah. What a good God! You know, what an amazing God! Mm -hmm. I mean, He's He's in in His infinite wisdom and insight has set up this way of salvation to where we walk away from it thinking, "Wow." Yeah,
0: yeah. We serve a good God who, beyond comfort, beyond care, beyond clothing, beyond food, beyond all these things that are important to our life, definitely, went beyond those things to meet our real need Mm -hmm. in Christ, and not just meet the need, but lavishly bestow upon us grace Mm -hmm. in that need, and that's something that should bring us encouragement as his children. It's something that should cause us to want to share with other people uh, this truth about God and how... He desires to see them saved. It says He desires all to be saved. And so to be able to tell them these, this good news of the gospel message of what God has done, how he's redeemed and forgiven and saved and this stuff, it should bring great encouragement to us. And I, I hope it brings encouragement to you as you read this, these passages and as you hear these messages of what God has done for undeserving you, undeserving mm-hmm. me. And the blessings that come with that are just... Astounding, And so I hope it causes you um, not just to have a good week or whatever, but daily to be meditating on these things to encourage you in the Spirit, the truths of, of God's Word and what He has done for us, His children, who He's adopted into, into His family. Well, I look forward to continuing uh, in Ephesians. We'll be looking at verses 11 through 14 this week, kind of finishing this hymn or this prayer of Paul together. So hopefully you'll have a chance to read it. Uh, Come prepared for Sunday. I hope to come prepared as well. That would be my goal. (laughs) That would be a good thing. (laughs) Uh, But I I hope you have a blessed week. We look forward to seeing you Sunday, uh, Lord willing. So God bless.